Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about how to be brave enough to suck at something new. We were kind of starting this conversation right before I turned on the recording. So who wants to kick us off today? Wayne, do you want to go? <laughs> I can talk. I'll talk. Uh, so, so I had an interesting one uh, a long time ago. Well, five, six years ago, my youngest child uh, wants to go and join the scout group as a beaver at age six. I'd never done scouts. I didn't know how to tie a knot. I was slightly nervous. Um, but I thought, you know what? It's a bunch of six-year-olds. <laughs> I'm going to get embarrassed. I may as well start at, start at the top because they, they can be pretty brutal. And that was a, a rude awakening into actually, you know what? Just go and have some fun. Because if you're having fun and you can impart a little bit of knowledge and be told a little bit of a few home truths by a six-year-old, who's also trying to decorate a flower for Mother's Day. That's fine too. So maybe maybe a little bit of um, vulnerability, shall we say, mm. is okay. What so about how do you, you be brave? Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I feel like I don't really have a choice. My massive curiosity is going to pull me in new areas and therefore I will go through a stage of sucking at whatever it is um, one of the ways that I manage that is by doing as much of the sucking stage as possible in private rather than doing it publicly. But there is always that imposter syndrome feeling even when I go public of, okay, well, and this is probably adjacent to what we're talking about, even long-term skills. It's like, I don't know that I want to do that in front of someone else. I may really be skilled or I may be delusional. Am I okay with being delusional in this case? Mm. Yes, because I will learn to be better. So as long as I can set aside the ego, tap into that audience of six-year-olds or whatever I need to do, then I feel like that's one of the big shifts for me is, no, this isn't about me and how skilled I am because I didn't come out of the womb knowing how to walk. Okay, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I never learned to golf for exactly that reason. I was not willing to suck in public at golfing. And now I feel like my joints just won't take the torque. So I can't learn now, but that's exact. I used to tell people I will never golf because I don't want to look like an idiot in public, which is sad because I probably would have been a pretty decent golfer. Well, yeah, I suppose the other thing is it's, it's your perception versus what other people's perception is. Because if you go to a driving range, everybody else is so focused on that little white ball and trying to get it straight or actually just hit the thing let alone how everybody else perceives them unless of course you're a scratch golfer but then who'd be would they be at the driving range so hmm. well and so there's kind of there's a two-fold thing right the first thing is who's really paying attention does anybody even care does it matter but then now in today's age you have the issue that there's video everywhere so somebody could be like secretly videoing you and wanting to put you on you know youtube to shame you so you have to get over that fear yeah and does it actually matter if it's on youtube if you're doing something innocent like spinning around when you miss a golf ball and falling flat on your backside well it's funny for five minutes but actually in the grand scheme of things does it really matter probably not mm -hmm. and then send a quick message to google to get that video taken down but there we go 
So, Rolly, one thing you said there was that why would the scratch golfer be out at the driving range? Yes. And it, it sent me off in a whole other direction that do we ever not suck at some aspect of every skill that we have ever learned? Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. building on an idea we've chatted about adjacently in terms of, I mean, how do you know when you've mastered a skill? Mm-hmm. Well, is it even when you think you're just putting the, the final polish on a skill, that means that there's some aspect that you are improving. Yeah. And I, I, I really think that the the core answer to this overall is you've got to reframe it. If you're yeah. so stuck on the focus being the sucking at this task, then I would say your first mission is to suck at reframing and go then get better at reframing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've definitely gotten better at just saying, I don't know, I'm going to try it. Let's see what happens. And not being so concerned about what other people think or what other people are going to say or how they're going to judge me. And then worse, allowing their judgment to affect how I feel about myself. Because one of the things I say to my public speaking clients when they, you know, they're dealing with fear of public speaking, who are you allowing to judge you and why? Yeah. And it's, it's all, it's, uh, yeah, it's reframing. It's all in your head. Um, and, and actually, yeah, why does it matter? If you've, if you've put yourself out there to speak publicly, actually, 99% of the people are in the audience, not on the stage. Mm-hmm. So you've done that, that first big thing uh, before any of them. So that, that's very true also. And I, don't, I never thought about it that way also. So. There we go. Little little light step, uh, light bulb moment going off in my head. So that's what I love about these conversations. Aren't they fun? Yes. So, but then yeah, that, that being brave part, I think, is all about not allowing other people's judgment to reflect on the way you think about yourself. Yeah. Very much so. And I, it's interesting because you it, uh, we talked about scouts and, and scout groups earlier. All of, all of those, even at Beavers or I don't know what you call them in the US for the, the first level, uh, coming up through Cubs and, and then sc- Scouts, they've all got to start learning how to tie a knot somewhere, whether it's your shoelaces mm. or, or a half hitch or a clove hitch or a square lashing for rafts, you still you need to figure it out. And I said, there's certainly, I've got Scouts in my troop at the moment who are way better than at tying knots than I am, but that's all right. So I have a question. Do you not let them make fun of each other? Like when someone tries it and it's a complete tangle of not a knot, do you not let them make fun of each other? Is there is that a thing? Is the culture in Scouts to like be helpful? It's be, it's be helpful. It's, you wouldn't say make make fun. You might laugh of, oh, look at the mess you made as opposed to you can't tie a knot, but it's untangle it. So I think there's a, like many of those, you've got you to manage it and Ultimately, we want to figure out, learn from our mistakes. And, yeah, yes, and, the, and that's the, part of sucking at something, isn't it? You're going to suck, you're going to make, make a mistake, learn from it. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the ethos, I suppose. And not being able to do something the first time, the second time, or even the tenth time doesn't make you stupid. It just means you're in the learning process. Yeah. And I feel like one of the pieces there is separating your personhood from the skill that you may or may not have. Mm. which is a whole nother layer than separating the idea of learning and the possibility of getting better at this from the 
seeming permanence of your current state. Mm. Like, oh, look, I suck at tying knots. Well, you've made that a permanent. Right. It is through all of time. No, I don't do well at tying knots yet means that we've now shifted that in time and it's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have someone I'm teaching to braid her hair, a young girl, preteen. And I told her, I said, don't let the part of your brain that's judging the part of your brain that's learning take over. Like let the part of your brain that's learning learn and make the part of your brain that's judging be quiet. And it's interesting to have to help her kind of separate the performance versus the evaluation because your brain can only do one at a time. You can either evaluate or you can perform. You can't do both. And adjacent, I mean, there, there's this whole idea of, I realized there are things that I'm not willing to put the time and energy into to improve my skill. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, whatever level I'm at at that, I mean, golf is a great example. I was on the golf team in high school, but I suck. And I go out golfing with friends occasionally. And I'm like, give me a random club out of your bag and I'll just play with that. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I spent years walking out here in the, you know, going and fishing balls out of the pond. And one of the good things that came out of that was here's a mid iron. Here's the putter. Go away. We'll see you in a couple hours. Ah. Okay. (laughs) So I'm willing to go do certain things and know that I'm not improving my skill and I don't really want to, I'm doing it for other reasons, social reasons for being outside the walking, whatever it is. Are there secondary benefits to doing something even though you suck? Yeah. Well, that's our 10 minutes. So I'm going to have to cut us off there. Thank you for having this conversation. I hope it didn't suck. (laughs) I'll see you guys really soon.